This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Rose and Jamie are two best friends And they love sex and the city And they couldn't help but wonder Do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, cheese, So many dudes. Every little dude All the dudes And we couldn't help but wonder With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't, Couldn't Help, Help But, but Wonder. Wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to, to us. us. Hello, hello. Okay. Knock, knock. Hey, who's there? It's us. All of us. All three of us. you and me and Skylar. <laughs> oh, how about that? Um, hello, Rosalita. Hello, Mama little sweetie. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Gal, who were you this week, by the way? Oh, shit. Um, who was I? I, I guess I was like a little bit of a Miranda Carey blend. I feel okay. like I've been, I feel like my sort of curiosity has been dialed up i'm listening to a lot of podcasts like back to back to back to back like information heavy podcasts about what um i like i just listened to one on uh npr's through line about marcus garvey that was really interesting yeah i've just kind of like I don't know. And then I listened to another, I, I got into through line recently and I, I don't know what I, that is. It's sort of like, they just kind of take a moment in history and talk about it for a whole episode. They, they wow. did one um, sort of in ties to the Super Bowl um, about Whitney Houston's Super Bowl performance mm. and like how it coincided with the Gulf war. And oh, yeah, wow. it was just really, it was really interesting, but yeah, it's great. It's kind of great and like, yeah, but I've also been, I just, I listen to so many and the daily, I listen to daily, of course. Um, but yeah, it's I'm best. just realizing like, I, it's just like truly nonstop and I've definitely been listening to music as well, but I find myself listening to like a song and then being like, okay, like time to chomp on some knowledge. <laughs> so that's, that's where I'm Trying at. to bro down with some facts. Yeah. Just trying to get as many facts in this old head as possible. Trying to kick it with some info. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to just like know some things because I feel like I don't really read. (laughs) Like I don't sit down to read anymore. I go through spurts when I'm like on vacation or something. I love to just like read book after book. But lately I have not done that for leisure. Like I'm not I'm not even really watching TV either. I'm just kind of 
not doing staring into space like, kind of i don't know what the hell i'm doing it's a lot of just errands and taking care yeah. i seriously i don't know where the hell i've been from I'm four like, to I just... six i'll probably be disassociating <laughs> and then six to seven all dinner and then from seven on i think i'll probably just pick some skin off my finger while i'm looking <laughs> to the corner of the room I don't know what I'm doing. Guys, now that I'm in New York, like errands take up so much of my time, like just taking care of the dog. And it's exhausting. When you get home, you're like, oh my God. Running out to Rite Aid, running out to get my laundry. And you're also running into the freezing cold. Yes. And so I think I, yeah, honestly, I do think it's made me a little spacey and a little like, you're surviving. Yeah, it's very minute to minute. And also when I'm not working, I I honestly don't know what I'm doing. Like I somehow my days go very, very fast and I probably do like one and a half activities. So I really don't know what's going on. I should be able to read. I should be able to finish a book. I don't think so. This is this is my take. I think you are one of the hardest working, most worky people I know. And so maybe when you're not working, you're honestly your body is just like, no, physically melting into the sofa. I'm so lazy. No, I'm so lazy. No, I'm that's like not true. Lately. That's illegal. You cannot no, say it that. No, it is. It is. No, no, no. Okay, you don't well, know. I'm going to fine you. You owe me $1,000. This is all I've done today is send like two emails no. and speak to you guys. So. I'm sorry. All right, well. I object. Agree to disagree. Okay, well. You're like Trump's defense right now. It's just not making any sense. Oh, so relevant. Um, okay, well, guys, Rose, who are you this week? Guys, I'm like a full-blooded Samantha, like head to oh, toe. I love it. Okay, I thought you were going to say Carrie again. You were no. you on a Carrie streak. Okay, so we No, kept- this is definitely a Samantha um, for okay. a couple of reasons. One reason is my hair doesn't look great now because it's been... What um, is this? Yeah, it's... <laughs> what? Sorry to derail. Jamie's having a moment. What? What is that? Three? There's three. For the listeners, Jamie's having a fuzzy Jewish hair moment. Oh, my God, you guys. Yeah, I hate Zoom. Okay. Well, you should turn the video off. Anyways, go on. Tell me. Tell me. So I'm a Samantha because um, I got my hair dyed in a pandemic, which um, inside, (laughs) indoors, like, you you know, know, a lot of people are doing that. You know, I've, I've done that. I know. But like several times. It's like everyone has a different view on this and like. You know, if you have family that's in the medical field, they're really hardcore yes, about like, don't yes, do anything. Yes. So sure. that's not the only reason. I've also been hanging out with someone and we were we've only we've been hanging out for about a month and we've only done like masked outdoor things. And I think now that okay. we both like each other, like it's kind of like cool, like maybe we should get a covid test and hang out indoors, you know, and yes. like whatever. And so. Right. Um, I'm having a Zoom game night tonight uh, with a couple of friends. <laughs> Love to hear it. Love yeah, a game I was night. really excited to tell Skylar. Oh I don't God. even know any games. Um, my really good friend Alex from college like said that he did Zoom charades and had a lot of fun. So I guess that's what we're gonna do. Fun. Okay. And these are a lot of friends that I'm really close with that don't live here. So it's like Paisley and Caitlin who are oh, in Vancouver. Nice. Yeah, and Alex great. and and it's like a bunch of like my close friends from college and then my friends Paisley and Caitlin. So it's also just like an excuse for people I love to like meet each other. Sure. So I told this guy about it and I was like, you're welcome to come over if we both test and you can like play the game at my house and you can like meet oh, all my friends, yeah. you know, because I know that they would really like him. He has like a very fun personality. And he's like, cool. So I made an appointment to get a COVID test. 
Mm-hmm. And when you call, they're like, oh, are you, why are you getting tested? Do you have symptoms? And I was like, no, I don't have any symptoms, but I'm going to hang out with someone inside for the first time. So we're both going to get tests. And they're like, yeah. just so you know, unless you're both completely quarantined for two weeks, like not going to the grocery store, not seeing other people, like it doesn't matter what the test says, because if you went to the grocery store yesterday, get the test today, mm-hmm. hang out with him tomorrow, you could still mm-hmm. totally have COVID. And I was oh, like, wow. I oh, yeah, because it's like you can get yeah. COVID at any time and it takes a few days to to show up on a test. So you could. Oh, have I guess that makes sense because I had to get tested for work and they were like, you have to do it. You have to be tested three times before you work. And I guess that's to prevent that. Yeah, because yeah. the first test you, you could get at any time. So exactly. To me, I was still down. I just like don't feel like he has it. And I don't feel like I do, which is the most uneducated, like horrific thing to say. But I just that's how I felt. No, I've, I've had that with some friends. I was willing to take the risk. And so, but sure. I told him, so I texted him and I told him the deal and he's like, ah, oh, okay. He's like, let me talk to my friend. One of his best friends is an ER doctor. So he's like, let me just talk to my friend who is an, who is an ER doctor. And one just of like, my best friends is in a jam band. He has really good advice. <laughs> yeah. Let me find out. One of my best friends so, is really irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> let me see what he would think. <laughs> yeah. My best friend sells buttons at Coachella. Um, so he texted me last night and I was like, so what's the deal? Like, are we doing this test or what? And he was like, you know, I asked my friend who's an ER doctor and he was like, absolutely not. Like you guys have to quarantine before. And I was so annoyed and bummed. And I just felt like a Samantha. Cause I was like, are you sure you don't want to come over? <laughs> I just was feeling like this total like sex monster who was like, I don't know. I mean, is COVID even real? Like you should probably just come over. Like, um, it's but- so funny too, that you're like, I can't believe I got my hair dyed indoors. And then with this guy, you're like, come on over. I, know. I also think that like, given all the like deadline announcements that like the new sex in the city is really going to address COVID. Like you are living a plot line. Like that's oh, an A or a B story. Like- well, basically wow. we ended up chatting and he, he also got the vaccine so he's going to get his second vaccine yeah. in two weeks. And he's like, let's just wait until I'm fully vaccinated. And then. Oh, and I'm like, that's totally fine. He's like, I'm not. He, he was even saying he's like, I'm not actually scared. I don't think you have it. And I don't think I have it. And I don't think we're going to give it to each other. He's like, sure. But I think because so many of my close friends are like literally just like watching people die in hospitals, maybe if yeah. you don't mind just waiting two weeks. And I was like, fine. OK, OK. But I just felt like Samantha because I was kind of like pissed. I was kind of like pissed. He didn't want to like risk our lives for like. No, I get out. it. Well, it is like weird. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I know you're like exaggerating, but also there is a weird like rejection in like, obviously he's not rejecting you in a real way, but there is that. I think it you're triggers just like, the same feelings of rejection of being like, oh, you don't want to come over. It's like I mean, we're in a yeah. pandemic. We have to remind he, ourselves of that. Yeah, totally. And he's like and he's like, you know, really wants to and stuff. But there is a part of me that's like. If he's going to be fully vaccinated in two weeks, it's not that much longer to wait. So, so soon. So yeah. soon. So I think that's what we'll do. But what anyway, does he I do? Just, what is he's he a documentary that? filmmaker. Oh, yeah. Okay. With a PhD in history. He's very smart. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. I almost said me likey and then I stopped myself and then I told you anyway. I almost yeah. said me likey. I still do like it. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, with all of that juice, <laughs> yeah, let's dive in. Let's dive in, guys. Okay, so today we are covering season six, episode 14, The Ick Factor. Rose, take us into it. Here we go. 
So the episode kicks off with Steve and Miranda sharing some beers at a restaurant when a bickering elderly couple passes them. They start listing everything they don't want to become in the next 30 years together. But what they especially don't want is to lose each other again. So Miranda asks Steve to marry her. And Steve says, hell yeah. Yeah. So sweet. So sweet. So over at Alexander Petrovsky's, Carrie watches him play the piano. Ugh. She loves what she hears, but she can't place it. Turns out it's a Petrovsky original. Yeah, he wrote a song just for Carrie. Boo. I want to hear more about the romance. What else? What else did he do? Well, there was one more thing, but if I tell you, it will be the ick heard round the world. It will not. It really is. You know the (laughs) song that he wrote for me? Yeah. Ick? Well, it had a name. La femme avec les yeux lumineux. The woman with eyes that sparkle. What's French for ick? And I swear to you, while he was playing it, I I floated up out of my body and I was on the ceiling looking down at myself thinking, come on. He was just expressing genuine emotion in an old-fashioned way. But it's not genuine. It's pure show. I can't stand all that artificial hoo-ha. That's why I proposed to Steve over $3 beers. You proposed? You proposed... Marriage? Okay, everybody, stop. It's not a big deal. I am not engaged. I'm not doing the big circus wedding. There will be no white dress or bridesmaids or posed pictures. I hate all that shit. Well, that's your choice. Every bride has to find her own style. Well, when is it going to be? As soon as I can find some place that doesn't make me hurl. It's just going to be a simple nothing thing. I don't even care about the wedding. I just want to be with Steve. Oh, Miranda. Okay, this is exactly what I don't want. No tears. Oh my God, I can't believe it. That's it, you're all freaking me out. Samantha, I expected more from you. I think it's so cute that, it's kind of cute that she wants to marry Steve even though she does not really that into marriage. It's amazing. It's, my, it's like, it's the most romantic thing. That it's less about her wanting to get married and more about her just wanting to, like, like cement their relationship because she cares that much about him. Which, honestly, is what marriage should be about. But it rarely turns out that way. I've never been, like, a marriage fantasizer, like, in terms of, like, a wedding fantasizer. Not that I don't think weddings are fun or would be fun to have. But the one thing I thought when we were listening to this clip is I started thinking about like if I got married and I was thinking that the most amazing part of that whole thing, I think, would be to hear my friends and family give speeches. Because like, Mm. I think the thing about weddings, um, I'm not so I mean, I love clothes. I probably would love picking like a beautiful dress or something. But I think the thing that's the coolest about it is like there are just a handful of life rituals that you have. There's Mm -hmm. your becoming a man or woman, which could be bat mitzvah, sweet 16, like whatever your, you know, communion or I don't know. There's that one. Then there's marriage and then there's maybe having kids and then death. Like there's not a lot. And Mm -hmm. so there's not that many times where the people that love you most in your whole life 
are going to get up and just say like really heartfelt things about how much they love you. Like that seems really special to me. It's like almost separate from the marriage, but just kind of coming together in a ritualistic way with like the most important people in your life. That feels really cool to me. Yeah, totally. No, I get that. When I had my rehearsal dinner, I was really excited for that part. I was like, I was can't wait to hear. It was. Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't what I thought it would be just in that. There is something you're right that there is sort of um, you look forward to like having everyone kind of stand up and say something. And you're also like excited to hear how like people closest to you sort of like perceive you. Yeah, totally. and perceive your relationship. And yeah, it, and just it, their it, joy for you and your joy. Like this the fact that they're so happy. Right. I personally think having gone through it and I'm only speaking from my experience, I feel like. um. There is something about when you do try to not force a ritual, but when you try to ritualize something and make it into like a ceremony or an event, I don't know what it is, but a little bit of like the spontaneity and the luster wears off just in just in the sort of like inherent nature of an event like a rehearsal dinner. Like there's still stuff that has to be coordinated and you're still like, Oh, did everyone eat enough? And you're kind of not as present as you would. Cause you're like, like producing an event. Right. Even if you're not, even if they're like the caterers got it, everyone's on it. You know, you have people working the thing. It's like, there is something where because they are there for you, you are the host, even if you're not technically hosting it. It's like, yeah, yeah that makes I think sense. that part is v- it's very hard to just be like in it. I, I totally with a lot that. of people. I'm also speaking about a, a bigger event. Well, weddings are so tough because it's like because, you know, if we all did what we wanted, there would be 10 people there and a lot of family would not be there and a lot of right. people that you're not even close to. It's so it's, it's really hard because it's like a wedding is weirdly also for your family. It's like the people that spent all this money and time raising you. It's also kind of for them. So it's like your mom and dad want you to invite these people that you don't even remember. And so yeah. it's like a weird thing. Cause it's, unless you're very good about making your own boundaries, it's not fully your thing, you know? Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Like a lot of people, when they talk about like, I feel like, sort of traditionally there's like the big crazy first wedding and then the like smaller second wedding and you're like oh I just want the, the smaller second, second the one. second wedding is the right wedding <laughs> like in my opinion it is the right i i think that i loved my wedding but there was a lot of noise that i don't think made it better i think it looked great i think like photos wise and dress wise and venue wise it was like a 10 out of 10, but it was, but I, yeah, it was, it was great. I just am like, yeah, it, it, it does sort of get away from you. What do you think about this ick factor thing? I, I'm asking a question and then I'm going to answer it quickly. And please, then I am please. Quickly. I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Please tell me. Well, no, I just realized that like, I have a real, like this, this scene really speaks to me. I have uh-huh. such a, I'm on high alert for ick. <laughs> Every time I've ever gone on a date in the past, like I'm always like, like I am almost, I don't know if anyone will relate to this. I'm almost setting up the person to fail. Like if they say one thing that weirds me out, <laughs> I will in my head, write them off. And it doesn't mean that they don't get a second chance, but there will be a momentary like, Oh God, that's a red flag. The way they did that or said that. 
Like, is a compliment an ick? Yeah, compliment could be an ick, or like just being too effusive too soon, or, um, I mean, for me, ick even spans to just like it can even my my ick is not all romance based like it is in this scene, but my ick could even be like. I don't know, like he did an impression of oh, yeah, totally. someone and I'm like, oh, like, like I don't, it could be humor. I have humor ick majorly. If someone does something that I, and this sounds fucking terrible, but like if they well, do you're a professional one, co- comedian and comedy writer and comedy actor, like, uh, yeah. And it's also just like, yeah, if someone like, yeah, yeah like a bad like a British name. accent or something. Right, right. I would be like, oh my, like, yeah, are they're like talking about a British person and like, went into the accent like very confidently i would just be like uh like that stuff i don't know do you guys relate to me at all on this like i humor ick i feel like is a big ick for me here's the thing about people that are funny is it's like you're funny or you're not period unfortunately with men there's like a huge (laughs) disparity between Not funny and thinking you're funny. There's like almost like a horrible oh epidemic of guys. Yeah, it's like if you're not funny, that's okay. Don't be funny. But trying to be well, funny, just like also to be just just to insert there, the person who admits they're not funny usually is funny. Historically, I've found. I, I feel like certain things are relatively have to be effortless. Being sexy, being funny, it just comes naturally. And the more you try, the worse it is. So I think for me, the ick factor is like, like I was thinking when he played the song to her, I think I particularly am a little turned off by Barishnikov in this show. So I'm icked out. But if I really think about it, I dated plenty of musicians. And if they were really good at their instrument, and played some incredible thing, I probably would have been turned on. Not necessarily like, you know, it's like if somebody's just doing their craft and being amazing, that would probably turn me on. But that's a different thing than being like, I tried to do this thing to impress you. That's yeah. I think what's icky is when somebody who's really insecure, like tries really hard on something. (laughs) Yeah, that is so true. And you can feel every second of the effort. And it's just like, oh, this. Yeah, the effort is so (sighs) icky. Effort is a A is not for effort. Like F is for effort. Like, (laughs) yeah, like don't 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 fucking try. Please don't try. Yeah, there's something so unsettling about seeing the sweat go into something that ends up not working oh, for no. the person it's Especially supposed to work for. Especially if the thing for. is supposed to turn you on. And it's like, yes. yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that this morning. I was like casually half listening to this podcast um, called On Being. And mm. there was an episode with Alain Bouton or Alain Bouton. I don't know how you say his name in French, but mm-hmm. yeah, he, I guess they were interviewing him about love and like what love actually is versus like what people think it is. And, um, it was interesting. And he was talking about like how everything we see in like movies and television is all about like getting to the point of love, like just the beginning of love. And it's not like the art of loving of like what mm-hmm. it's like to love someone over a long period of time, which is like much more useful for people. Um, And I just started thinking about sex and I was just thinking about like, I've never been in like a 10 year relationship or a 20 year relationship or a 30 year relationship. And I was just thinking about like how in some ways, you know, it could feel embarrassing for a longtime partner to like try something new, almost more embarrassing because you know each other so well. Like, and just like, if you had an idea for something with like your husband of 20 years and you wanted to like, you know, do a French maid's outfit or like, I've never done role playing, but I'm sure it'd be really fun. And I was just thinking like, wow, it takes so much vulnerability 
to be like, you know, what if we that's like, true. Even, like even talking about doing bad accents, I was just thinking like you kind of have to have a lot of grace in your sex life if you want to have a good one for like trying stuff that like yes. might be super silly and like totally. might work, might not work. I was just thinking about that. Totally. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about especially in long relationships the patterns are like part of the comfort and anything that breaks out of the patterns, it is like a showing of like vulnerability from the person who's like doing it. And that can fall flat. Like that can totally yeah. go wrong. Has that ever happened with you and Kristen? Um, no, I'm sure it has. I would, I would have to like think of examples because now, because we're also at the point now where like we've been together so long where we know we're, it's actually, it is, it's kind of interesting that it is a little bit of a problem. We've been together so long, we know what the other person won't necessarily want and what right. and what that has led to in some instances, we will preemptively not ask mm. the other person to do something that we expect them not to like. And, and maybe then they limits, would have if you adjust. Exactly. Or maybe it doesn't even give them the chance to say yes or no to that thing. And then it's like they could have had a good time or they could have had a mm. bad time, but we would have done something different. Mm. I mean, ultimately, it's like you get into a thing with yes. someone. And, 100%. Yeah. And then breaking out of it in any way is just vulnerable to be like, oh my God, what if I suggested this thing and then they like laughed at me or like, you know. Yeah, 100%. Well, going back in, later Charlotte and Harry have some frozen yogurt and Charlotte mentions Alexander's big romantic piano gesture. But Harry isn't impressed. Harry is so insane. He's just such a like caricature of a schlub. He can be romantic too, you know, he'll prove it. Steve and Miranda, meanwhile, plan their wedding. They want to do something that's them, but they aren't sure what. But when their shopping bags blow out in front of a cute community garden, they figure it might be perfect. Harry, Charlotte, and Samantha head out to find wedding gifts that won't piss off Miranda. While they're searching, <laughs> Samantha shares some big news. She's ready to get a boob job. She and Smith were recently followed around by photographers from InStyle magazine, and she did not like the way her boobs looked when the pictures were printed in the magazine. Back at Alexander's, he reads Carrie poetry. She's not really into it, so she explains her worldview is that romance is either dead or phony. So Alexander's big swings aren't really landing for her. Carrie discusses with Miranda on the phone later, while Miranda's shopping for a wedding dress on her lunch break, which also isn't going great. And Charlotte and Harry head to a romantic dinner so he can prove just how romantic he can be. Harry orders for the two of them in some French which Charlotte is very into. Samantha, meanwhile, does some boob job research at a bar. She scans the women who come into the bar looking at their chests before getting a recommendation for a boob job doctor, Dr. Bevel. Meanwhile, Carrie heads to Alexander's where she finds him in quite the black tie getup. There's an opening at the Metropolitan Opera and he wants Carrie to go with him. She isn't dressed for such a splashy affair, but he planned for that. Together, they open a box with the dress she was eyeing earlier in Vogue. Carrie is very impressed, and they head out. After their big romantic dinner, Charlotte and Harry cuddle in bed. And that was the most romantic, <laughs> elegant. <laughs> Pardon me? That was weird. <laughs> oh, no. That's so stressful. Decadent. Oh, God. Seven course. Ugh. Oh my god, I want to vomit. <laughs> oh boy. Are you okay? Oh. 
the music. <laughs> Honey, are you gonna be long in there? Uh, maybe. Oh, definitely. Why? <laughs> it's okay. I'll go to the other one. When you splurge on a romantic seven-course meal, you generally want to remember every bite. There was the soup course, the dessert course, and all those other yummy courses in between. Oh, that's gotta be it. <laughs> Harry and Charlotte had romance shooting out of them every 20 minutes oh, I'm not. for the rest of the night. I wouldn't go in there if I were you. It's not pleasant. I can't make it to the other one! It's the fucking fromage. No! <laughs> that fucking fromage! Uh-oh. Oh! Oh, look out! I'm coming in. No, no, no. Surviving a night no. of food poisoning together wasn't the stuff of great romance, but it was the stuff of lasting <laughs> love. That is such a funny scene. I was laughing so hard when I was watching yeah. that. There's almost like circus music playing. It's like... Yes. Na, 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 na. It's like Moulin Rouge. <laughs> yeah, it's like Harlequins. Yeah. 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 That's my actual nightmare. I know that in long-term relationships, stuff like that does happen. You go camping, you go to a restaurant, something happens, people have to shit right. and hear each other shit. But like, that's honestly... I mean, I live in no, a studio. Same. I live in a studio. So if somebody shits in my place or if I do, like, we the have to like knows. blast yeah. the tunes. Like, my literal dream is to like live in a place that has two separate bathrooms so that I never have to like be anywhere near the other person. Have you guys ever had anything like this happen? Well, I just wanted to say to your point really quick that I am also, I, I don't know what happened to me like in my childhood. I can't talk uh, in my childhood or whenever, but I am very like, yeah, I'm very like poop averse. Like oh, I want same. to believe my partner like doesn't do that or something, Agree. which is so lame and just unattainable. And I would be really <laughs> sad if that's like how they viewed me. My like, dream guy holding... doesn't shit. Yeah, I mean, kind he's of. Great. I, mean, I but he does have he's bowels. Great. He does. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Doesn't have a stomach. Um, he has a reproductive system, which is gonna. <laughs> <laughs> he's it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. It's never been good. Um. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I definitely, that is part of a relationship that I get very nervous for. Like, oh, totally. the comfort of adjusting to the fact that you are both human beings and, like, noises are going to be Ugh, made. Devastating. It's hard. I know. I can't even say it. I didn't even <laughs> say a specific. I said noises. And it's like, oh, God. We one time not... Mm. I didn't end up shitting. I ended up throwing up. It was great. Uh, throwing but up we is not, not as it's bad. not as bad. It's not as disgusting. No, puking is okay. Actually, it's gross and gross. It's, it's, cer it's certainly it is gross, gross, but it can't even. It's in a different category. No, and also there's something. It's like let me hold your hair back. Like it's like, there's something like kind of. It's kind of like oh, like what a romantic Someone could gesture. step up. Yeah, no one's gonna yeah. hold your ass. Like no. <laughs> Skylar, what happened? Oh. Skylar, that's so funny. Okay, sorry. We were keep in. Going. We were. It, well, the reason it, I think it's like kind of fun related to this is we were in Paris. This was the last time we went to Paris, and I kind of ruin our trips by being very into this particular artist that I then like make us walk around the entire city to see in a way that like makes us not see anything else that's like fun <laughs> like we just have to do this kind of nightmare the task for me. Walking by the Louvre and like yeah, don't, exactly. don't even look up at the statue a hundred percent it's like we'll we get there to go we'll get there we got things to do first but we'll get there You're in so a funny. trip or two <laughs> but on the most recent time we were there um 
at one point on our one of our very long walks, we like stopped into this like sandwich place, and I had. I should have known because because oh no. oh no. there was oh a no. there was a this beautiful, cute little French dog who was allowed behind the counter a bunch in oh, the sandwich no, place. No, 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 and I got no, and I got terrible. a I got a salmon sandwich, which was like you got like not, a dog paw sandwich. Exactly. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, the dog, the dog prepared it. He put the mayonnaise on. It was really great. Oh um, but he's actually they actually press the panini with his paw. They onto his, his asshole. Paw, and they, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, 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 yeah, they covered in shit and then they pressed the sandwich. But then I was I was so charmed because it was France. I was like, oh, this is how they yeah. do it here. Oh my God, we oui, we. Oui. But anyway, I got like violently ill from that. And oh, then like we no. lost a day and a half. Or, well, Kristen went and had a pleasant time while I got sick in apartment for like 20 hours. Effectively. Do you guys have one bathroom in your place, uh, Sky? No, now we have two. <gasps> we have a very. Yeah. So we one of us can get sick and one the other can. Have or a great time you can and... take a poop in one that's <laughs> far away from the other person so they can't hear you. Yeah, we have oh, a great. we have a poop bathroom and we have oh, a, it's great. a hangout and vibe oh, bathroom. It's a dream. That's wow, a dream. that's really goals, Sky. Yeah, You're we're living it. We really upgrade us. <laughs> um. Wow. All right. Well, on that glorious note, take <laughs> us back in. At the opera, Alexander stops Carrie before they head inside. He's taken by some street musicians and the way she looks and wants to dance with her. But as soon as they start, Carrie faints. Alexander catches her and she comes clean. It was an act, but the guy really needs to take down the romantic gestures a notch. They end up skipping the opera for McDonald's where they dance and wait for their food. Samantha meets with the Dr. Bevel. Just as they're getting underway, Dr. Bevel finds a lump in Samantha's breast. Samantha doesn't want anyone freaking out and ruining Miranda's wedding day. So she takes a cab all the way up to Carrie's to break the cancer news in person. The whole time, she's very calm about it, and she wants Carrie to be calm, too. And Steve and Miranda say their vows and have their low-key wedding in the community garden. It's sweet. It's informal. It's very them. You can actually feel how chill it is. It honestly feels like a hangout, which I like. I love. It's very sweet. It really is wedding goals. Yeah, it's just bad. It's just they're just hanging out. Magda even leads everyone in a round of applause for the couple once they're official. After the ceremony, everyone heads to a restaurant to celebrate. Samantha quickly tells Charlotte about her cancer, while Steve's mom takes Miranda hostage to tell her about her own wedding day shame. She wore white when she got married but she really shouldn't have. Miranda passes her off to Steve, then heads over to talk with her real friends. What? Why are you being weird? We're not being weird. No, we're just talking about me, right? You think I'm an asshole, that I've become one of them, that I'm a Stepford bride? No! No! Then tell me what you're talking about. I'll tell you tomorrow. I don't want to ruin your special day. Forget about my special fucking day and be normal, please. I beg of you. I have breast cancer. What? See? Now it's my special fucking day. (laughs) You have breast cancer? Hey, no tears. Miranda, I expected more from you. See, this is what we were afraid of. Go back to your people. We'll talk about this later. You are my people, and we'll talk about it now. Now start at the beginning. You are the bossiest bride in the world. Yes, I am, and you have to do everything I say. Oh. Now start talking. Okay. 
I mean, she's the best actor for on better the show. or yeah. for worse. We were all ourselves that shows. day. Just the way Miranda wanted it. Such a beautiful show. I love it. And it's like, here's the thing. There's some great romances on the show, but the number one great romance is these four it's women. Friendship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also to have your wedding day, you know, just to even have the moment where you're sitting down with your friends and actually like being able to connect and hang out during in a real wedding. way. Like during, yeah. yeah. In a real way, like having a, like a conversation. And then on top of that, it's about somebody else. Obviously, I mean, you know, you'd have to be kind of a monster to not want to hear about your friend's cancer. But that just saying like the fact that the whole day pivots to this much bigger thing. And that is how Miranda wants it. It just speaks to her character. And it also speaks to like, it just, I think, especially at the time, I really think that this, like, revolutionized the way people think about weddings. Like, I don't, you know, she's not selling the fantasy here. And I think that's a pretty amazing thing to watch. Like, she wants something small. She wants something personal. She wants to talk about real things. She's not trying to, like, have a fake day. And I think that's a really important viewpoint to have represented on TV. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like Miranda's sort of, her identity is known as being non-romantic, but actually she is romantic. It's just in yes. a different way. What's romance for her is being with the people she loves the most in the world and spending time with them and like having a tiny wedding that's authentic. And it's like, if you ask me, that's romantic. Like, yeah, I don't think yeah. a big performance with 300 people is more romantic. It's definitely not. No, the wedding reminds me of this wedding I went to with some friends of mine in, in New York ages ago. They got married on their family friend's farm in Pennsylvania. And there was truly like 30 people. And, you know, she found a dress at like Crossroads and mm. he was wearing like a suit with like Converse and, you know, a family friend just like brought some food. I mean, it was so chill mm. and she just didn't care. It was just kind of like hanging out. And, you know, there's just a lot of ways to do it, you know? Yeah, I think also. Yeah, her and Steve are just, like, so solid, and it's really cool that when the relationship is really strong, you don't need necessarily the big, explosive, over-the-top bells and whistles, like, because you know that the love is there and it's it's strong, like, and talking it's about cancer, talking thing, about anything, yeah, right. yeah, wait, 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 finish your thought, what do you mean by that? I think like having a big, amazing wedding. Oh, oh, oh yes, of course. It's sort course. of about like, and again, no shade to people who have them or who are going to have them. It's really whatever you want to do. But I think it's almost more to like, let people know you're getting married than to like have this special day with your person kind of, you know? Yes, I think that's right. Well, yes. Which is yeah. fine. It also depends on the kind of family. If you're from this giant family with a ton of people, it's a certain culture that yeah, really celebrates. Of course. It's like whatever, of you course, know? Of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, yes, it definitely, the culture aspect is definitely part of it. I also think that this is such a really, like, genius plot plot twist that she goes mm. to get a boob job and then finds out she has breast it's cancer. It's incredible. It's it really is good. such good writing. Like, whoever came up with you that would in the never, room, You would never think that was going to happen. Yeah, and it's just such a perfect way to show, like, Samantha's this person that's always going to chase vanity, that's always going to chase yes. pleasure, that's always going to chase the sensuous aspects of life. And in chasing that, 
it's like something very real is going to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, I love that she was like, I need bigger boobs. And then by the end, she's like, I like my breasts. I'm not, I don't want to lose them. It was just, yeah, it was really. Yeah, they're just really geniuses at figuring out like what these women's like kind of weaknesses are and then how to, and what their flaws and fears are. And, and how, how to like, subvert it. Yeah. And, and. You know, now Samantha's going to have to do all the things she doesn't want to do. She's going to have to be vulnerable. She's going to be sick. Yep. It's showing yep. her age. It's not something that happens that right. to young people. It's just right. Of all the really... people on the show to get cancer, it's a, it is it's pretty genius that the, they chose the person who's kind of the the most classically afraid of being vulnerable. Exactly. And it's also interesting, the wedding scene, because it's like the person who cares most about things going right is Charlotte and her wedding was like a hilarious disaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like Miranda doesn't really care if the wedding goes well or not. And because of that, it was like, fine. It was totally drama free. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's kind of a good wedding. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, they talked about some problems with their friends, but, um, you know, otherwise, I would say I think it's like when she looks back at this wedding, like they'll remember that was when they're one of their best friends got cancer. But I think that they'll also remember like that was us, four of us sitting together, being there for each other. Yeah. Through yeah. everything, the good and the bad. Like, yeah, I also think I kind of have a theory that like if you can have moments like the, I'm not, I mean, again, I'm not I'm not talking about necessarily a cancer diagnosis, but like if you can have moments like that where it's like you get to have a real conversation during this day that's kind of ends up being a blur. But if you can have those moments like that ground you and so maybe it is something that kind of takes you out of the fantasy for a moment. I, I do think those moments are actually really important with weddings because I think people really try to avoid any kind of tension on their wedding day or anything that's even slightly unpleasant. And it's like, well, the downside to that is that causes you to kind of float through the day and not really have to think. And I think that if you have moments of like for me, it was like I had uh, my wedding planner like asked me about an iPod hookup on my wedding day. And I remember being like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> why are you bothering me with this? And yeah, but there was something about it. Yeah. There was something about it though, where I was like, Oh, right. I'm a person. Like I have to deal with things. I have to deal with people acting a certain way. Like it, it, I think it was a kind of nice thing to have happen because it kind of snapped me out of the cloud that I was on a little bit in a good way. When I think about my sister's wedding, first of all, I think my sister did something really correct, which was like the best thing about her wedding was the food. She had it Mm. at this restaurant in Carroll Gardens called Frankie's. Oh, Oh, I love that place. Oh, the food was outrageous because a lot of times wedding food almost feels like the Marriott. It just feels like these weird. Oh, absolutely. It's just like kind of like yucko. And her food was like it was incredible. And da da da. Mm. But one of the peak experiences of my whole life was giving a speech to her because she's like the platonic love of my life. And like, I was so happy for her, like just this person that I love more than anything, finally meeting a partner and like finally building the life she always wanted. And like, we'd just been through so much together that like giving her that speech was, Mm. was really meaningful to me and like was really meaningful to her. And um, yeah, it just felt like one of those big moments of like, cause my sister and I are really, really close and almost felt like I was giving her away like to Jay, you know? Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So I think about like, you know, if I get married, like what my sister would say and what my mom would say, and you know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah, I do. In a way it's like one thing I've really noticed with weddings and babies is it brings a lot of joy to the people that love you. Like, um, 
We were so happy at Molly's wedding because we love Molly and Molly was so happy. So it's like you being happy makes the people around you very happy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's I think that's true. Yeah. They kind of like pick up on that energy. It's like weirdly a gift for you, too. It is. Yeah. Um, Okay, so this brings us to the question of the episode. One of the great things about living in New York City is that you don't have to sugarcoat your feelings. But have New York women settled for a sugar-free existence as well? We accept tasty delight instead of real ice cream, emails instead of love songs, jokes instead of poetry. It's no wonder that when faced with the real thing, we can't stomach it. Is it something we could learn to digest? Or have we become romance intolerant? I think this goes back to what we were saying before about if it's if there is any kind of trying an air of like pushing or like really forcing it or doing something because you think that it'll make the other person feel good or special or I don't know. I feel like that is what makes us romance intolerant. I think if it's really coming from a genuine place, it's usually pretty tolerable. I love romance. I love, I am not icked out by compliments. If a guy tells me I look beautiful or that I have a beautiful body or that I have a beautiful face, I love that. There's no part of me that doesn't like that. I think that it's an interesting thing that she's saying um, because she's like, have we just become too intolerant? And she says to the real thing. And I would argue that Alexander is not the real thing. He's not. Um, That is exactly right. That's the point I'm making as well. He's not the real thing. He's pushing. Yeah, it's not like the love of her life is doing these really sweet things, like making a beautiful picnic in the park and then, you know, doing a rowboat in Central Park and she's barfing. It's this guy she barely knows who's doing these like extremely dramatic things. And it seems like like just started dating, it seems like. Mm hmm. And he's already writing a French song about her eyes. I mean, come on, man. (laughs) Well, it kind of just feels like this is the kind of guy. We had some readers uh, DM us. I mean, readers. We had some listeners DM us about this, too, which is that this Alexander character was based on Barishnikov. And when Mm -hmm. Barishnikov in the 70s and 80s, like he was like dating models and actresses and like literally just dated like every hot woman. He was a regular at Studio 54. Mm -hmm. So it's based on him. And it's like. It's also kind of funny. It's like the character of Tiffany or uh, no, not Tiffany. It's a, it's the breakfast at Tiffany's character. What's her name in the book? Holly Golightly. Yes. It's like, he's a real phony. It's like, he really loves this kind of stuff. That's who he is. He loves oh, grand wow. gestures and he loves phony is a really great term. Yeah. That's really what they called phony. Holly Golightly. And it's like, I think this is his deal. It's totally bullshit. And like, play. You don't think stuff. he realizes that it's bullshit. I don't know. I think that this is like, you know, for example, it's like um, if you're dating somebody and they pick you up in a Corvette and take you to like a sushi restaurant that overlooks Malibu, like that's really fun and you can get really into that. And that can be part of like the being really turned on. It feels like the trappings of romance and sexually turns him on. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to put on a necklace on you and then we're going to go to the opera. And it's just like at the end of the day, I think on a really basic level, Those are just also not the things that Carrie likes. Like Carrie doesn't like the opera. Like I personally don't like the opera. So it's like going to the opera to me wouldn't be romantic because I'd be bored. So it's also just that they're really different kind of people. He's much more of a classical, sophisticated European type guy. That's not what she's interested in. That's not her interests. Yeah, he's a guy with moves. Like he really leans into his moves. 
And Love some people like it, but she thinks it's stupid. But I do think that her asking, like, am I too cynical that I don't expect romance? It's like you're kind of dating like Mr. Cheesy romance. Yeah. Yeah. His. Yeah. I mean, taking someone to the opera and like wanting to slow dance in front of a fountain. It's just like of a different era. I would be into that if it was like somebody that I already loved and we had like somebody that I could joke with and we had so much in common. Exactly. If there was a balance there and he he was like, he wasn't like, what is McDonald's? Like, <laughs> I mean, his whole thing. It's also kind of funny because it's like, by the way, there is no part of Carrie that is bougie. She doesn't eat at McDonald's. It's not like it's the opera or McDonald's. It's like, yeah, it's- she likes the fact that Big is rich and takes her to a steakhouse to get a martini and, you know, front front uh, row seats at, you know, some fashion show or courtside seats at a game. Like she likes status for sure. You know, it's not like come down yeah, to my world, does. dude. Come down to my world where I just get like yeah, dollar come down slices. to my level. It's like you're still wearing like you're still an bougie as fuck. dress. Yeah, you're so bougie. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Also, that like juxtaposition of like. The rich couple in a McDonald's being so like classes. You're just it's, like, yeah, Ew, yeah. it's so gross. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like making fun of people who eat McDonald's. It's like, fuck you guys. Like, wow, I think I could get used to this. And then he's like, do you want to supersize? <laughs> you know? It's so corny. It's so <laughs> like he'd never heard of supersizing. It's like, what planet do you live on? Like, ugh, yeah, he's just a Martian. I wish that, like, at some point, Carrie would write, I mean, Carrie, I, I wish Sarah Jessica Parker, I mean, she won't do it, but I feel like if she wrote a tell-all of her experience on the show and literally included, like, what guys she thought were hot, who she actually had yes. chemistry with, who oh was, like, God, she die. had to, like, grit her teeth to kiss. Like, I'm so curious. Yeah. Oh, I know. That'd be so satisfying. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, what was, what was her relationship with Chris Noth? I mean, they were on a hit show together for six mm-hmm. seasons as this incredible love affair. Did they joke around? Did she think he was an idiot? Were they friends? Did right, they have you're dinner like, what was it other? like between takes? Like, right, right. Yeah. And like, did they have double dates where, like, she and Matthew Broderick went over to him and his wife's house? Like, you know. Right. Yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, I would love to hear it. Okay, well, final segment, guys. I'm horny for Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. We end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? God, so many things, but I will do one food and one piece of media. Um, okay. Every day this week, I've had eggs in a hole, which is where you put a piece of bread, a piece of bread on a skillet with butter, and then you crack an egg in it. And then you like fry the egg however you like and just eat it. It yeah. is it tastes like a food of the gods. Like, I can't believe this was available mm. to me at all times. And I like have just been rediscovering it. Um, it's truly like I'm really into having a really big, heavy breakfast. I have. Like, I love that. I have two sausages. I have two eggs in a hole. And then I like to uh, saute some like kale and greens. And it's just like um, outrageously delicious. And I'm not hungry again till like four. Love that. So that's really doing me good. And then I almost didn't want to recommend this because all of our listeners have certainly seen it, but I would be remiss not to. Um, the sixth episode of the New York Times documentary series on Hulu oh, that sure. covers Britney. Oh, it God. is an absolute must watch. Um, I definitely grew up during the time, you know, it was a, in college when she shaved her head and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I wasn't really like buying people magazines. So I wasn't super aware of everything, but I think I remember the Britney head shaving thing. And I remember that she had, you know, in, in pop culture, there was talk that she lost her mind and stuff. And yeah. 
the documentary is just uh, really eye-opening and, you know, I've always been a feminist, but when you watch stuff like this, it's just my heart literally goes out to any single woman who has ever been covered the media for any reason yep. ever, because it is truly really Everyone just disgusting. Wants to hate you. Everyone is looking to hate you. There is no way to win. It is absolutely no, there's impossible. No way to win. And the worst thing you could be is successful, because if you are a rising star as a woman, I mean... Get ready, Get ready to have people. Ready. In. The idea from the media and society is how fucking dare you? Who do you think you are? And let me find yeah, whatever I are, can to like, destroy you. Yeah, they, they're like, how dare you take up space? How dare, how dare you make us think about you? How dare me be attracted to you and you be pretty, but you yes. be more rich and powerful than me. And I can't yes. fuck you. And yet you are right. living this great life. Like, right. So anyway, I mean, listen, here's the thing. I don't doubt that Britney suffers from mental health problem she definitely seems like it i don't think that it's mm-hmm. like that's not real and that no i think that's part of it yeah but that's, i think yeah, that's part of her story the the idea that her father who was an absent alcoholic mm-hmm. abusive father gets to decide who gets to visit her at her house right, is like right. pretty upsetting um but the good news about documentaries just like really good journalistic pieces in newspapers and magazines is when enough people read it and get affected and are outraged, like things can change. Like these types of things do make a difference. So I would yeah, not be now surprised. Yeah, now there's like a free Britney movement. Yeah, that's been going yeah. on for a long time, but she just had yeah. a court, uh, like they they met the, she, she, she went back to court yesterday and her dad did not want to share conservatorship with this big bank. And they said, too bad, I'm sorry, you have to share. And that was a big win for her because she doesn't want her dad to be in control of her finances she wants this bank right now it's her dad and the bank but that's one step closer to yeah they said that that's better but i'm also like i just don't understand the misogyny of being like your dad should do why isn't she in control yeah exactly i just uh yeah it's just like he's an older man he knows um jamie what what were you horny for this week I'm horny for Munster cheese. Um, I feel like we don't really talk about it enough. (laughs) And I feel like people don't even really know what it is, but it's just the, I think it's the best cheese. It's delicious. I love it. It's very readily available in New York and I'm very grateful for it because I think it makes everything that you put it on better. Yeah. Munster is a shout out. Shout out to Munster. Yeah. Munster. (laughs) Munster, baby. Shout out to Munster. Yeah, it really is. So it's so delicious. And I was sort of like deprived of it living in Los Angeles because it was hard to find. And now I have it all the time. Hmm. The end. <laughs> awesome. Okay, guys, another great app. Thank you for listening. We love you and see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.